0: DJs need
1: love too. Oh they need love. Yeah, DJs need love too. Yeah, need love too. Yeah, DJs need love too. Yeah, need love. Yeah, DJs need love too. Yeah, DJs need love too. Yeah, DJs need love too. Oh they need love.
0: Another episode of the DJs need love too podcast. I go by
2: the name DJ Monet. I'm DJ Badio. And this is? Dibbini DJ Peanut.
0: Yes sir, we got DJ Peanut in the building Real big DJ in Atlanta, man. When I first came out here, all you heard was DJ Peanut all over the radio, man. So it was very adamant that I get you on the show, big bro. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Sursky.
1: So, Peanut, I've known you for a minute. Where are you Mm -hmm. from? Where is DJ Peanut
2: from? Uh, Originally from Lansing, Michigan. Okay. Okay. But I've been in Atlanta um, since 98, came here to go to school at uh, Morehouse and um, been kicking it here ever since. Okay.
1: How has Atlanta been treating you?
2: Um, Atlanta's been a blessing. <laughs> Atlanta's probably one of the best decisions that I made okay. uh in life. Coming coming to Atlanta, coming to a city um like Atlanta that has so much opportunity, so many black people doing well, and just um I mean amazing city as far as entertainment goes. Were you DJing out there in Michigan? Yeah, actually I started uh, I started DJing when I was like twelve years old. Okay. Started doing radio uh, when I was about 15, 16 Wow. And, uh, Shout yeah. out the radio station. Yeah. yeah, yeah, WQHH, Power 96.5 in Lansing, Michigan. Wow. Um, I did the booming power mix with a, a guy by the name of Mark the 1200 King Okay. Um, when I was in like uh, 11th grade and, and was hooked ever since. So, so you've
1: been doing radio since you were about, when you said 12?
2: No, I started DJing when I was 12. I started doing radio uh, when I was about 16. 16.
1: So how has radio helped you so far in your
2: DJing career? Yeah. Mm. Um, Radio is is just a uh, a monstrous platform to push your brand as a DJ. Yeah. You know, and that's um I mean that's that's really what you want to use it
0: for. Mm-hmm. So I want to bounce off a more question because uh I hear you on the radio a lot, you know, what I mean mm-hmm. they do have you in the clubs while you're playing. So I think everybody want to know this question, like do you ever make a mistake and play like dirty versions while you're so, doing them club mixes? Th- so
2: it has happened before um it hasn't <laughs> happen often right. every every once in a blue moon something happens um but you have kind of a safeguard uh in the radio settings which is a delay mm-hmm. um, most radio stations are on like a 30 to 45 second delay same okay. thing with TV so if something happens you're communicating with you know whoever's on the board mm-hmm. or the producer at the time and they'll. They'll dump the audio So, so you gotta remember doesn't. If you play the curse record And then let Well as soon as it happens Well what you hear on the radio Is already on You know 30, 45 That's seconds Right 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 a. So by the time You make a phone call Or send a text message yeah. Or whatever Hopefully they can go ahead And hit the dump button And uh, you'll never know yeah. If you're listening already yeah. shit, I didn't know I'm like we DJs You gotta make mistakes Sometimes <laughs> yeah,
1: I've, I've done that Like a couple weeks ago I was like uh, But I, I Got out of it So Plex Let's talk radio And Uh-oh. Plex oh I want a plaque. <laughs> do you feel like plaques are important, or is it for a show? Mm. Like, how do you feel about plaques? Do you have any plaques?
2: Yeah, I have a fair amount of plaques. Um,
1: and how do you get plaques as a radio DJ? Because it's a lot of politics that come with it. Yeah, you.
0: it's a lot of DJs that get upset because they feel yeah, like they get more.
2: Yeah, people get upset about plaques. Um, I've never been in the situation where I, where I really cared. Mm. I was. I was ecstatic, and I was I was happy to be amongst the, the group of people who, who did receive them when they were issued. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, if you know, if plaques went out and, and I didn't get one, I didn't really care. I never really cared about it. To me, it's always been about the relationships. It's it means so much more to have a relationship with somebody uh, in a certain situation, and you know when they, it's not really who you know. Yeah. it's who answers the phone when you call? You know what I mean? So if I call you and I need something mm-hmm. or if I need to get some information or yeah. get a hold of somebody and you answer the, the call, that means more to me than, you know, a mm. piece of art for the wall.
1: So do you feel like it's more important to have a relationship with the artist or their manager?
2: Mm. I think it's both. Yeah. I think it's both because what you'll see is is that um, in the entertainment business, the business always lasts longer than the talent. Mm. Okay. There, There's a handful of people who've, you know, lasted the, the test of time, like a usher, a Beyonce, yeah. Jay Z, Jermaine Dupri, um, people like that. But there's so many other people who have auxiliary roles in the business, who've been in the business, mm-hmm. who've been in multiple situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at a guy like uh, a Coach K. Yeah, you know, who's who's been an Atlanta icon, a mm-hmm. hip hop icon for you know 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah. Wow. So staying on radio. So, and I have this question because. I want to know this. Is it really hard to follow the radio rules nowadays?
2: What do you mean by radio rules? Like radio like rules. Set playlist. Set playlist.
1: but, you know, like we have a list. Uh,
2: versus then versus now. I think that the, the rules that you're dealing with are um, very specific to the type of uh, program director or music director mm. or assistant program director. Okay. Um, and... I think it's really reflective of the type of talent that you have uh, on your roster. When you have um, a lot of new radio talent, mm-hmm. they probably need a lot more guidance than some seasoned veterans gotcha, okay, who okay. kind of understand yeah. Yeah. like the format. They understand programming. They understand you know the do's and don'ts. But you always have you know you always have times where people yeah. will toe the line or to step over. But as uh, a program director or a leader or a manager, that's your role to kind of step in and say, hey, let me pull you up mm-hmm. and say this is what it is or this is what it ain't.
0: And the big question to that is you've been doing like the, the uh, live club thing for
2: mm-hmm. years now, yeah. like years, years.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you prepare for that?
2: Um, I think the biggest preparation, number one, is is knowing your music. Um, and being seasoned when it comes to playing in the club, like understanding that playing in the club is one monster in itself. Yeah, playing in the club and being alive on the radio is a completely different animal. Right, because you're not only playing for the you know few hundred people or mm-hmm. a thousand people who are in the club, but you're also playing for the million people yeah. who are listening at any given moment. So you, like- you
1: are playing clean
2: music. Yeah, I'm playing okay, okay. clean music in the club. You attract a lot of the tourists, right? Uh, you you attract a lot of the tourists. You attract um, you know, especially when it's like a big weekend, like if it's mm. SEC championship yeah. weekend, if it's homecoming weekend, if it's a big concert after party, mm. you know, like Friday nights at Sweet Lounge. Um, we broadcast, yeah, with Tory, um, you know, is a great owner. But you know, we're blocks away from Phillips Arena or mm. State Farm Arena, excuse me. Uh, and you know, when there's a big concert like Lil Baby or Drake or whatever else. People got their radios on, they turned up. When they're coming in, going. The power
0: of radio is still efficient. One more radio question. You DJ for V103, one of the biggest in the city. Shout out to V103. The biggest in the city.
1: (laughs) One of the biggest in the city. I I really fool with Peanut because I, I think I met you back in 2018. At Sweet Lounge, I think, if I'm not mistaken. It was either, yeah, I think it was Sweet Lounge. And I was like, man, like, he's fire. Like, oh, thank you. I appreciate you. that. Appreciate and I remember that. you sending me an application to DJ on the radio there. I guess they ain't want me. <laughs> I mean, else. no, something.
2: really, like, in those situations, um, there's a, a lot of corporate red tape when you're mm. dealing with, you know, a station is the size of V one hundred three. Not only is V one hundred three you know the biggest station in, in the city, but <laughs> they're also part of a larger, uh, a larger yeah. conglomerate, Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that go into play between you know corporate red mm-hmm. tape, or mm-hmm. you know there might be a hiring freeze, or you know sometimes those things come into play. So,
1: but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you. For oh, you thank welcome. you welcome. You're welcome. But also, how has V one hundred three helped you? Because I know you DJ for the Falcons
2: mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, uh, I do the Falcons pep rally. I, I've probably done the last uh, four, four maybe five years. Um, I think radio, uh, like I said before, radio is just a vehicle for you as a DJ to uh, to magnify your talent, mm-hmm. magnify your skill set, um, push your brand out there. But also, it's kind of like a, a central location for building relationships. Mm-hmm. There's so many people who've been producers and. Programmers or other DJs, radio talent mm-hmm. managers, publicists, PR reps, yeah. you know, all of these people that come in, people who, who you interview, people, mm-hmm. all those yeah. type of situations. And you build relationships with those people, mm-hmm. those people. And over time, as they say, your network is your net worth. That's facts, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're coming in contact with these people. So it's, it's really important that it doesn't matter who it is. Develop a relationship with these people. Yeah, yeah. like I kind of had this Good habit. Tech, yep. Yeah, I had this habit when I go in the club. I kind of go on a little tour when I walk in and yeah. I speak to Everybody. all the door people. Yeah. I go in the office. I, I talk to the, the GMs a lot or the of, managers. A lot of DJs say that, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I talk to the bartenders. I talk to the bus boys. I talk to the guys in yeah. the kitchen. Yeah. I take the guy in the, the working in the bathroom. I yeah. give him a drink. I holler, dap up all the valet yeah. people because these are people that you you know you might not yeah. have a lot of interaction with them. You might run into them you know mm-hmm. once or twice during the week or whatever. But you never know where these people are. There are people who've worked as valets, Mm. who've gone on to be some of the biggest promoters. Yeah. I know security
1: guards have went on tour with artists, Yeah. Facts.
2: Especially in Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. A lot of
0: security guards that be outside.
1: So I have a question for a younger DJ that's on the radio. How do you feel when promoters are put like they'll make you a flyer, but they'll put by streets or by V one oh three? Do you feel like since y'all put that on there, we should get paid more? Mm. Just like how it was like, oh, this is such and such DJ, like for artists. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I I, th- I think that.
1: If they're using radio to promote the, YouTube, mm, you too, feel okay. like you should get extra since you're on the radio and every DJ can't be on the radio.
2: I say this. I say. That's a good question right there. I say. I need to know. <laughs> I say you get what you negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you don't come to the table with your your business intentions, right. you're going to get what they give you. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you feel like your brand is strong, mm-hmm. you know, you have these accolades next yeah. to your name, you know, you're with this artist or you're at this yep. station or you've done this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. like, it's up to you to negotiate that
0: deal. And that's why we do this show, man, because it's a safe space to really just voice what you feel right. and then be able to... Um, projected to whoever you're talking to. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get business out here. Absolutely. You know, in Absolutely. my opinion. So, we do have DJ Peanut in the building, man. When you hey. come to Atlanta and you land and you turn on the radio and it's night, you go in here, this man screaming and like going <laughs> crazy, crazy. You know what I mean? So, I had to ask this question. This is a, 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 a it's going to be like a really revealing question for a lot of DJs. Name one song that Every DJ needs an Acerado. It don't matter if it's 70s up until right now. And tell me why they need that song.
2: One song that everybody it needs. It don't matter
0: what genre, what.
2: I think one song that, you know, every every black or urban DJ needs is probably Frankie Beverly before I let go. Okay, yeah. Like, that's like a timeless classic that, yeah. you know, you can still play at any club in Atlanta. You can play at a... Barbecue or mm. family function, you put can out, play it at out. a, Keep going, a yeah. sporting event, yeah. you can play it at a picnic, yeah. you can play it at a homecoming. Like that's a song that's just never gonna die. Yeah. Um, so that's you know, that's one to have. But I mean, there's a couple of them like that. Yeah.
1: So before we get into our flower segment, can you give three clubs their flowers? Woo.
2: Ooh, three clubs. three clubs. Oh, that's that's easy for me. Okay. Um, <laughs> first one I have to say uh SO Nightclub, which was an Atlanta staple. Mm. Probably uh well there were two SOs, but the 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 oldest SO, well not the oldest, the second SO, uh which used to be on Memorial Drive, mm-hmm. owned by Abe Watson. Um, my guy Eric, he was the GM, mm-hmm. Tawana was a manager over there. Uh shout out Miss Carter, shout out Abe, shout out Eric. It's OG talk, yeah. Right, but yeah. that SO was was like me, who else? Uh me. DJ Cash, we used to do Saturday nights over there, mm. and you're talking about eight hundred to a thousand
0: every week. Like it was just, wow, that's it was, tough. Yeah, now. it was a, a monster. That's club. tough now. There's so many clubs now. Yeah. That's tough to do
2: that. So is one. So I gotta give. Uh, I definitely gotta give them their flowers over there from So um, Sweet Lounge, mm-hmm. Tori and uh, Guy Russell Terry. I mean, they've had an amazing run. Oh, yeah. they're, they they're Steel. great. Keep going. Um, Great owners. I mean, so many great stories of, of, of you know things that have happened this Sweet for me. Uh, I wasn't even on V one hundred and three. I actually went over to, to Sweet Lounge from another club. I left one club, went over to Sweet Lounge because I wanted to get on V one hundred and three. Oh yeah, Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tori was 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 very persistent and, and adamant in helping me uh, pull that play off over there. So I got to show I love the Sweet Lounge. Mm-hmm. And you said two or three, one more. three. One more. Um, I'm club for the career. I'm gonna have to say, I'm gonna have to say, uh, there was a club that I played at when I was in college that gave me my first like major, major situation, and that was Club Envy on Spring Street in like club two yeah. thousand two and two thousand three. Mm. Um, uh, Big Ron was over there, and Mark. That's um, a good time in hip hop, right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's, yeah, that's I mean, when the we music had, was. We had yeah, all, they had All Star Weekend in Atlanta yeah. in two thousand three. That's when like fifties in the club it came wow, out. Wow. But, like and I was in time. yeah I was in college and they had I had basically like a promoter deal as like a, a sophomore or junior in college and I was getting I don't know they might have been paying me like 500 600 dollars DJ mm-hmm. and then I was making another like twelve fifteen hundred dollars as a promoter. So like I was winning. I was I was winning and as a college kid I was like yo this deal is crazy like the game is different now man. So if
1: you had to bring one club back, which one would it be?
0: Rest in peace
1: to all the clubs.
0: Rest in peace to all the clubs in Atlanta man. Yes,
1: rest in peace they
2: come and go, man, but what which one? One of the clubs that I loved in Atlanta, I never played there, but I used to be there all the time was Central Station. Central Station. Central okay. Station was yeah. like, Central, Central, Station. Central Station was so monumental in that era of, of that second wave of trap music, like when Waka mm. was coming out, yeah. when you had like uh, guys like Young L.A. and Roscoe Dash and Future yeah. and Rocco, yeah. like there were so many songs that would come yeah. out and you would hear them at Central Station. You wouldn't hear them in a lot of the clubs downtown, mm. but they would make their way, like after they broke in those clubs, mm-hmm. then they would make their when I way think of downtown. and Central Station, and the
1: radio. I'm thinking no sections. Um, they had pool floor. tables.
2: Okay. Yep. They had pool tables on the dance floor, and they had like $2 drinks in there, and it'd be. That yeah, like was the best club, man. When we used come down here, in the morning. we
0: used to want to experience clubs like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's what it was, man. So let's get into this flowers segment. This is the DJ's Need Love 2 show. One thing we will not stop doing is giving flowers, all right? So you've been DJing in the game for a long time, right? Yep. I need you to give three DJs a flowers, all
2: right? Three DJs. Um, first DJ I'm going to have to say was uh, my uncle Mark, he, he, by the name of Mark Ski. Uh, he was from New York City. He is the one who actually introduced me to, to DJ e. and, uh, like, in the 80s when I was a kid. Mm. Um, yeah, so he introduced me to uh, to the art of DJ and the craft, so I have to say him. Um, there's a guy from my hometown named DJ Butcher who was, like, he was, like, the guy. DJ like Butcher. Did, shout out yeah, to DJ Butcher. Yeah, he did all of the... All of the college parties, all the club parties—like he was the guy in my hometown mm-hmm. at the time. Big flowers, yeah. And um, who's somebody in Atlanta that? Um, guy versus mm-hmm. so DJ Cowboy. DJ Cowboy. DJ Cowboy was an Atlanta legend, mm. and uh, he was from Chicago. But I mean, he—he he, he was just—he was an all-around character mm. and good guy, and. Uh, yeah, Cowboy showed me a lot of love when I when I was trying to get my feet settled. Wow! So,
1: so DJ Peanut, you do a lot of big events in the city. Mm-hmm. The R&B Soul Picnic. How does a DJ get the call for
2: the R&B Soul Picnic? Mm. R&B Soul Picnic. Um, like everything else, it's 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 about the relationships. Right. Like who are, who are you tapped in with? Who do you know? Uh, one piece of advice I would give to younger DJs is that you should probably take the time to make a list of all of the clubs in Atlanta as well as all of the promoters. Mm -hmm. So you know who's doing what, Mm -hmm. who's where, you know what I mean? You know what nights are popping. You go, you introduce yourself, you make them take your information You text him and ask him, do they have anything available? If you need me last minute, let me know. Like, that was one thing that helped me. I stopped DJing for probably about six or seven years when I came out of college and and worked corporate. And then I got back into it. But when I got back in, I mean, I didn't have any gigs. So I was going to, you know, different clubs in the city and introducing myself to the owners and the managers and the promoters and saying, hey, my name is p you know, I'm a dope DJ, let her come play for you sometime Hey, take my number dope. You know what I mean? Send me a text, let me lock your number in You know, and then I hit them from time to time Be like, yo, you need anything? Yeah. If you need something last minute, call yep. me It got to the point where Cash was like, yo, we know who you are So you, you know, said, said it again yourself.
0: It's a key thing you said If you need something last minute, call me yeah. That has made me a lot of money in this Absolutely. business Absolutely Because being available, DJs have lives, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've heard a lot of stories from DJs just doing this show that they was there last minute and now they a resident DJ and Mm -hmm. then they happen to DJ for this artist just because they was available. So just be available and just let the promoter owner know that, look, if you need something last minute, you can hit me up.
2: Like, that's the segue. Like, if you go into, I mean, it's just like basketball, like a basketball game. You could be the last on the depth chart. You get in the game and you light it up. They're going to be checking for you. Yeah you know what I mean like they're, gonna be, they're gonna be yeah they're gonna be, check, they're gonna be checking for you that's right so you know if you get a call last minute and it's it's this show or mm-hmm. it's that club and you're going you kill it you're gonna get a call again
1: so one music fest mm-hmm. I was you know stalking your Instagram I seen you and Mixed Master David had your own um, dressing room
2: mm. yeah that that, you're a writer uh, not necessarily I mean just just different like Sometimes it's just, it's just a byproduct of the size of the show yeah. or the scope of the event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some of those larger stages, they're like that. I did a, um, a tour run with Gucci when he had first got out before. And, you know, it's, it's all arenas and, and large, large venues. So, yeah. you know, those are some of the things that, that yeah. are there. So when you're
0: outside touring, do DJs need their own dressing room? Oh.
2: Not really. I mean, in a lot of those situations, you're not changing your clothes anyway. It's just kind of a place to congregate yeah. before or after your, uh, after your set or your performance. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't really go nowhere and change my clothes. I'm usually pretty pretty dressed when I walk
1: in. All right, so let's get into the second segment. It's called Would You Rather. Yeah, it's so one of on my... my I'm scared. I'm going to put 60 seconds on my phone. Batty is going to ask you a series of questions. I'm scared. You just pick the first one that comes to your head. Okay. And don't say no um.
0: Uh. You ready? Yep. Let's do it. Let me know, Mo. Lovins and friends or can we talk? Lovers and friends. CDJ's vinyls. CDJs. Blending and scratching. Blending. Hip hop and RB. Hip hop. Afro or soca. Afro ammo piano or afro? Ammo piano. You want checks or you want cash? Cash. Tour or residency? Residency. Regular pool or title? Uh regular pool. Four decks or two decks? Two. Nightclub or strip club? Nightclub. Record box or Serato? Serato. Go viral or work hard? Work hard. Host or no host? No host. Headphones, no headphones? No headphones. Wedding gig or artist release party? Artist release party. Event planner or promoter? Promoter. promoter. Okay. Yeah, you mm-hmm. did good on that he one, man, followed. my dude. Yeah. I ain't um, had that one. um So I
1: have a question because, you know, Baddio's a little older than me. I'm younger to the city. How do you feel like DJing and like just dealing with promoters, club owners? How has it changed from when you first started to now? Mm. Because uh, we see a lot of, you know, you got to get paid more, and it's just it's like a lot of, a lot of a lot of battling right now in the city.
2: Is it battling between other DJs you know, or is it it's, battling between promoters and, it's and everything
1: owners? battles with DJs and DJs because it's it's so oversaturated. Yeah. you know, promoters are booking DJs for who's the cheapest versus, and, and most of most of the time it's about who you know. Mm-hmm. So if it's a promoter, you might not know, but you could be a big DJ, they might not want to pay your price because they have a younger person who would do mm-hmm. it for cheaper. So well, how has that changed?
2: I, I think that naturally what's changed, um, you know, over the last couple of years, well, not the last couple of years, but I'd say over the last at least couple of decades, is that you have an abundance of DJs now mm-hmm. because of, you know, technology. Yeah. At one point in time, you know, when I started, you know, cats were playing on records. Mm-hmm. So you had to be serious about your craft if you're going to spend, you know, 100 hundred, two hundred $200 a week on records yeah. alone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a record, you just don't have it. Yeah. It ain't no downloading Downloaded, it. Ain't nobody yeah. letting you borrow their records. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just yeah. don't have it. So if you're not serious about mm-hmm. it, there's no way for you to yeah. even break into the game. Um, and then as, you know, CDs came in, MP3s, mm-hmm. and then eventually laptops uh, or flash drives, you um, you know, we've we've seen a, a tremendous amount of people get into the craft, whether those are celebrity DJs or you know bedroom DJs mm-hmm. who now want to play on the main stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of options when it comes to promoters or owners. And I've kind of worked in, in both spaces. I've promoted, as well as um, you know been on been on the ownership side in some other situations. Mm-hmm. So. I mean it's it's your brand. Like yeah. you, you have to be responsible for building your brand. You have yeah. to be responsible for building the relationships where people wanna come to you and they have to see the value in it. Yeah. And you know, you have promoters or, or club owners that don't necessarily see the value mm-hmm. in certain things. So you have to figure out how you leverage your brand equity yeah. and other things that you bring to the table against whatever else they're presenting or their counter argument is and figure out where the sweet spot is for you to make the money. Like, it's always gonna be people around who are gonna take less money. It's always gonna yeah. be, you know, somebody who says that, you know, hey, I'll DJ for $100 and yeah. a $50 bar tab. Like, yeah. that's never gonna change. Mm-hmm. But if you're the person that comes and you bring 50 people with you, mm. you yes. know. Yeah. i tell you, so I brought up uh, Esso earlier. Um, at the time, who were one of the promoters? You had a uh, one of the guys. Phil Diddy was one of the promoters there. I can't remember that's all the Diddy. yeah. I can't remember all the pro- other promoters. But I had this deal with them. I got you know my. What do you mean a deal? Like you worked something out before? Yeah, you, I worked. Okay. I worked a deal. So because a lot of
0: DJs are not working out deals. They're just it and then to waiting paid. to get paid, they, right? They're just trying to get. And paid. I think that's a problem,
2: man. You're yeah. like, what you are saying is you worked out a deal? Yeah, I worked out a deal. So what I did was I said, hey, um, I want to hop in on the promotions. I'm going to get paid X, Y, and Z to DJ here, but mm. I'm also going to take, let me get $2 off of every person that I bring. They're like, oh, yeah, cool. So everything was all good, and then they started looking at that number, and they're like, hold on, he got 100, mm-hmm. 200 people coming. Yeah. yeah. So now, in addition to whatever I'm getting paid, I'm getting, you know, yeah. three, $400. Yeah, yeah. On top of that, and they're like, hold on, they're scheduling hit But, the I mean, I was, right here, you yeah. know, I was doing the work. Like, I had an email blast. I had a text blast. Yeah. You know, I was calling people. I was booking birthday parties, yeah. telling people who were coming from out of town, like, all of this kind of stuff. So, now I'm leveraging, you know, the situation mm-hmm. in my favor. And I think that those are the things that you kind of need to do. Not only is that going to help you with these relationships that yeah. you're trying to establish in the yeah. club, mm-hmm. but it's also going to help you with building your brand because now you have people who are like, yo, where are you going to be at? Yeah. What you doing tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the move? Mm-hmm. And when you start bringing those people out, like people are going to take notice.
1: One thing you want to see change right now mm. in the DJ community?
2: One thing I want to see, um, I want people to stop fighting for acknowledgement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like He's talking people,
1: about the list, y'all. The,
2: the, the, the <laughs> list, the plaques, the, you know, the... the yeah. All of the stuff Like when they When they had the uh, The exhibit The 50 years of hip hop exhibit Mm -hmm. uh, With Dallas Austin And Jermaine Dupree You know They did a big montage Of a bunch of DJs And you know There were some people That that weren't on there Mm -hmm. Um, I at first saw I didn't even know I was on there But I saw it I didn't even see my name But I was applauding The guys that were on there Like I'm not motivated by that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, it always feels good to be acknowledged. But are you really being, are you really being acknowledged if you got to beg somebody for Mm acknowledgement? Do they really, like, go where you're exalted, go where you're revered? And when you do that, like, when you build your own base of people who follow you or or people who want to, you know, party where you're at or follow whatever you have going on. That's where you're going to get the applause.
0: And just to piggyback on him with looking for acknowledgement, that's why I tell all DJs, charge your price. You know what I mean? Because if you're trying to be friends with somebody that's doing business, you're not going to get the acknowledgement you need. You know what I'm saying? So go ahead and take care of your business and then be known for standing on your business. Mm -hmm. So don't look for too much acknowledgement. Take care of your family.
2: That's what I say.
1: Yeah. So
2: Peanut, why do DJs need love? Mm. I think DJs need love because... DJs provide the soundtrack to your experiences. Um, You know, whether that's whatever you're listening to when you're growing up and you're in the car with your parents, whatever you were listening to at that period of time, what you listened to in high school when you got home and you turned the radio on, or, you know, when you were in college and you were on the yard, Mm -hmm. you was kicking it, who were the guys who were playing the music. Mm -hmm. Like, DJs provide the soundtrack to your life. Yeah. You know? That's the reason right there, man. Mm -hmm.
1: All right, so can you shout out your brand, you know, Pretty Girls Party with Peanuts? Yeah, it
2: is. You just did it. Yeah, you Pretty Girls Party it.
1: with Peanut. How yeah. did that come
2: about? Um, actually, that was a, a brainstorming session. Me and my manager uh, several years ago, uh, Tawana Carter, we had. We used to have, like, these weekly sessions, and we'd sit down, and we'd plot out different things that we could do as far as my brand or, mm-hmm. you know, different moves that I wanted to make. And that was something that came up, and it was like, boom, we got something. Um, and, I've, I mean, I've had that brand for a long period of time. One thing I will say is mm-hmm. that um, with your brands, it is very, very, very important that you handle your business with your brands. Yeah. Take the time, get an attorney, mm-hmm. get your trademarks and copyrights in. Right. You know what I mean? Protect your intellectual
0: property. I think a good manager would do that. So do you recommend DJs that start and they make
2: money to have a manager? I think you got to have something to manage. Um, I, I think that before you consider, like number one, a manager is somebody who needs to be compensated for their work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you don't have that the means to compensate them, yeah. then what are they managing? Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Like they shouldn't be working for free. Yeah. Um, but I think that there's so you have so much access to information now that you have resources available to you. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's a YouTube link, if it's a Google search, mm-hmm. like figure out what the process is to mm-hmm. get certain things done and do as much of that yourself as you can mm-hmm. before you start spending money on other things because it doesn't make sense for you to pay a manager then pay an attorney to file for your trademarks mm-hmm. and a graphic designer or a photo shoot like to do all of these things when there's so much of this that you can do yourself. One hundred, one hundred.
1: All right, so, Peanut, let us know where we can find you at. Where you at in the city? What days? What days are you on the radio? What okay. times?
0: DJ Peanut. Well, uh, of course. I'm going to say all his drops. Pretty girls party with Peanut. Yeah, you already know. Devin there. Yeah, not, And it's, it's, it's a brand because, like yeah, I said, yeah, 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 it's yeah, stuck absolutely. in a lot of people's heads. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to hear these drops every time if you – Driving to the club, if you're a DJ, yeah. you're on the your way to the club, you're going to hear him. Listen. He's going to give you a little idea on how to start,
2: maybe, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking firsthand from, uh, you know, as, as far as, you know, protecting your brand, because I've had a couple of different scenarios that came up with it when it came to my brand. And we've had, you know, other DJs want to use my slogan yeah, and yeah, insert yeah. their names. But like I said, I did my due diligence and, you know, we've had to serve uh, radio stations wow. and we're gonna talk about radio, that on another episode. Some legal DJ stuff. You know what, you know mean? what I mean? Like yeah. they, they they liked your slogan, yeah. they liked what you were doing and they wanted to run with it. Um, but that's why I said on the front side of things, you know, uh some of the stuff is and I will put another one out there that a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um so a couple years ago, Two Chains came out with the pretty girls like I was trap just about music. to ask him that, yeah, the pretty pretty girls love trap um, music. Huh. If you, I'll just say this, if you do your due diligence and you look at some of my early versions of, of my logos and whatnot, and then you look at that, that campaign, yeah. you'll see a lot of similarities. DJs need love too.
0: All right, DJ Peanut, let us know where you can find you at, big bro. Uh,
2: hit me on the gram at DJ Peanut, DJ P-N-U-T. Uh, you can also catch me at DJ Peanut.com. Keep up with all the stuff that I got cracking. Wednesday and Thursday, five o'clock, I'm live in the mix on v one hundred three. Friday and Saturday night, 10 to 1. That's right. Uh, Broadcasting live from Sweet Lounge and uh, the Ice Bar. So, yeah. All
1: right. That was another episode of the DJ's Need Love 2 podcast. Like I said, I'll go by the name DJ Monet. I'm
2: DJ batty That is And
1: that is DJ. And
0: DJ Peanut. And this episode Third. is sponsored by the DJ's Need Love 2 show. <laughs> <laughs> we got DJ Peanut in the building. Let's, let's do a DJ tip for the DJs, right? Mm-hmm. Having insurance is very important. Like, Absolutely. very, very important. What DJ
2: insurance do you... Uh, recommend for DJs um I, I know that for some some contracts you need to have uh, specific DJ coverages for your event space or for your actual your actual DJ service uh, a lot of corporate clients request that um, but in addition to that you got to have the proper type of insurance to ensure you know your laptop mm-hmm. your your vehicle yeah. you know that kind of stuff and you need to make sure you have some health insurance
0: yeah Oh, yeah, definitely.
2: Like, you know, it's, I know a lot of guys are, 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 and girls are contractors, um, and they don't have traditional health insurance yeah. through, you know, HMO, PP, PPO plan, but, like, you, know, you got to get some insurance. It's a great point, too. because something like, happens to yeah, you, you know, yeah. you're down and out, like you want to make sure that you can go to the doctor and get yourself taken care of.
0: It's a great point now because it's November's open um, yeah. enrollment right now for DJs yeah. if you need to get health insurance because I know a lot of DJs, if you're a full-time DJ, that's probably one thing that you skip. You know what I'm saying?
2: Shout out to Obama. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the DJ
0: insurance, like most time it's like $1 million they will um, ask you for. It's yeah. probably like about $27. dollars yeah. And then they'll
2: ask for some forms of liability coverage, yeah. like a lot of times it's like 500000 But, you know, those type of um coverages, I mean, all rolled together, would yeah. be less than $60, $70 bucks a month.
0: Yeah. I've so. seen some for like 30 and $30,000 yeah. a month. Yeah, absolutely. But so. if you're on the corporate scale, it's really important, right? Absolutely. DJs need love too.